millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I just felt that I was getting sweaty ears. <laughs> and you've got permission to leave yours off as well if you want. No, I, I'm going to wear mine. Although it's buzzing slightly, so maybe I, no, I'm going to do it. Okay, you do it. Mm. Hello, by the way. Hello. Here we are. It's very hot mm. in the city tonight, mm. uh, especially here in the attic. Mm. Um, and I've been slightly out of breath, so it's taken us a while to get going. Yes. And I can't work out whether uh, the the shortness of breath is to do with the fact that I've been poorly, I've had laryngitis, or if it's just how unfit I am. Well, I tell you what, when I got to the top of the stairs, I was extremely out of breath. That makes you feel any better. Doesn't it doesn't doesn't explain either of those things, though. You know you've added a third variable in. <laughs> no, but I'm saying that... It, it, Don't feel bad about myself for getting a... Yeah, because I consider okay, that to be okay. sort of okay. fit, not really, yeah. and I struggled. Okay. Um I've been doing, I've not been very well. I had laryngitis, which is why we weren't here last week. So I completely lost my voice at one stage, but I've been doing a lot of coughing and wheezing. Mm. Um, and in the middle of it, I had to go and uh, speak at an event. And then there was a dinner afterwards. Firstly, I got the visit from Dr. Footlights, which is what they say in show business, that when you're on stage, whatever is ailing you, it temporarily presses pause and you get through the performance. Oh, that's what they call it. Dr. Footlights, oh, yeah. Right. Um, secondly, this wheezing was great at the dinner. Why? Any time I didn't have something to say mm. or couldn't finish a thought, I'd just pretend to wheeze and go into a cough. Oh. And people just thought, oh, he's not very blessed, he's not very well. And the conversation would move on to somebody else. I highly recommend it as a strategy for drifters. I often peter out. That'd be ideal for me. Yeah. 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 So when you can feel yourself petering, mm. instead of allowing, instead of running it right into the ground, yeah. start coughing and wheezing and say, oh, excuse me, excuse me. And then <coughs> people will take the conversation Away from you. That was me practising, by the way. Yeah. Okay, I gathered. Yeah. It's very good. convincing. Thank you. See, I'm just, I can do it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the doctor has given me temporarily an inhaler. Now, I'm 50 years old. Up until last Friday, I had never once inhaled through an inhaler. Were you ever jealous of the kids at school with an inhaler? Always. Isn't it strange? And and I, I also think a lot of people would have tried one of those kids inhalers. Mm. 
they would have thought, oh, I'm going to give that a go. I think there might have even been some kind of rumour that you could get yourself into an elevated state of consciousness <laughs> by really going for it on one of those inhalers. <laughs> but what does it say about me that, nah, like I always wanted to go on one. Mm. But I knew it wasn't prescribed for me, so I was following those rules. Oh, so sensible. It made me think about um, when I might have said this before. When we were kids, and and getting videos from the video shop used became a thing. Mm. I remember my brother and sister obsessively. So they are ballpark. I'm guessing he's six or seven, she's four or five, and they they really want to know about horror films and what the scariest films are that you must never watch until you're a grown-up. Mm-hmm. I remember mum saying that the the film that had disturbed her the most and she never wanted any of her children to watch it was The Exorcist. Okay. Now I know it's a classic. Mm-hmm. I know that perhaps a lot of what is disturbing about it back in the 70s, maybe, maybe a little dated now. Mm. However, here is the fundamental difference between me and my brother and sister. Yeah. The second they could get their hands on a copy, they watched it. Oh, really? To this day, I haven't seen it and I will never watch it. No, really? Yeah, because my mum said don't watch it. It's too scary. Because somebody gives me a rule, I'll follow it. I'm not a rule breaker. That's lovely. I'm a bad boy in these other ways. (laughs) Um, Rebel without a cause, Mm -hmm. but really without a cause. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I've got this inhaler. Do you go down the playground and like inhale in front of the kids to look cool? I told a friend of mine on the phone earlier on if they'd give me an inhaler for a few weeks. And she said, hey, did you not have an inhaler already? <laughs> I said, no. She said, you just seem the type. <laughs> like she said, you got hay fever. I know I'm not got hay fever. Why do I seem, why do people think I'm going to have hay fever? I'm going to need an inhaler. <laughs> I'm going to be left-handed. I think people see me and just see the sort of person who would have been ostracised and bullied. Oh. The ginger hair, the nerdiness, the glasses. Do you not want the rest of the paraphernalia to go with it? <laughs> Do you think I had an inhaler as a kid? No. I did. Really? <laughs> I did, yeah. I didn't know that. It's, Only uh, briefly, but... This is interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I assume that once you were in the inhaler gang, <laughs> you were in, but obviously um, I'm just getting one for a few weeks. Yeah, I was only in it for a bit, yeah. When you go to the doctor and uh, they're, they're doing your blood pressure, mm. do, you, do you, with your brain, try and make it go the number go lower? No. What are you doing then when you're just breathing I'm in I'm really, out? really anxious that, I've spoken about some before, I'm anxious that my arm is going to explode. Oh, yeah, yeah. I that feel like it gets lot, so, yeah. so tight and I'm very, very anxious that, yeah, it's just yes, going to be. that's a very rational thing. That's all I'm thinking about. Yeah. I, I, I'm sitting there just thinking, I want to get that bottom number under 100. Come on, you can do it. Get under 100. Do you do like calm, deep breathing? And, yeah, but mm. I'm really fixating on the number. I don't know if that, that I mean, it's rarely under 100. Right. <laughs> so maybe... <laughs> Maybe not. I do the thing as well, you know, when they put the thing on your finger to try and measure your blood oxygen levels. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like thinking, come on, blood. <laughs> Let's get it up to like 98. Mind ever matter. Yeah. I can do this. Um, this event had to do complete vocal rest in the day leading up to it. Mm. That is a nightmare. What I've realised is I would be terrible at charades. Oh, because you were trying to communicate and it was not going well. Yeah, so I've always thought... I've not played charades for many, many years, but I thought, that's, that's something I can do. Mm-hmm. I'm not sporty, but charades I'm fine at. Mm. As it turns out, I mean, unless I've just got bad jibe with my wife, like uh, communication, do you call it jibe? I've charades never jibe? never heard that word, jibe. Maybe it's not the right word. Mm. I feel like I might have appropriated that from uh, somewhere inappropriate. Okay. Sorry. Mm. But 
Maybe, not- maybe she's bad at guessing you. Some people are bad at the other side of charades. So they're just really bad at guessing things I think are really yes. obvious. I'm not putting it all on your wife. I'm not blaming her. But maybe that's well, what it is. First, it's, it's very difficult to maintain marital harmony if one person isn't speaking because mm. it just seems passive aggressive. And then there was a point at which we were watching something on TV and what I want to communicate to her, what I wanted to communicate to her was, oh, Jean would love this. So I pointed to the room where Jean was sleeping, to the ceiling, mm. and did sleepy mm-hmm. for Jean. Yeah. Then I pointed to my heart. Yeah. Jean. And then I pointed to the television. Okay, that feels quite, quite straightforward. Not to her. Oh. <laughs> and it just went, and she was getting more and more annoyed. I was getting annoyed because I felt it was such a good charade. She was nearly getting there. And you know when someone nearly gets there in a charade and then they end up miles off, but you can't go, oh, my God. God. You know, you're doing that thing with your hands, like trying to point backwards, but then they think that's part of the charade. Oh, it was awful. And then mm. about half an hour later, yeah. I used the same charade to say the same thing about a different thing on the TV. Yeah. She'd completely forgotten it. Oh, my God. You know such a thing as pen and paper, don't you? <laughs> Please, well, this is what I resorted to. Yes, come on, next time. But it's not, it's not fast. It's not a fast way no, to communicate, no. <laughs> as it turns out, when you have such beautiful penmanship as me. I mean, you just scroll, so, oh, no. you know, it'd be fine. Mm. Um, I always like that thing in charades where you kind of when. When someone's got it, you point to your nose and then point to them. Oh, yeah. What's that? What is that? Why Why that? I don't know. Someone invented it and it's very good. Lionel Blair, probably. Pro- probably, yeah. Do you think it's weird? <laughs> that give us a clue. For most of the time, the theme music was the same theme music as Grange Hill. And then it changed and it was like this sung music, which was, give us a clue with Michael Parkinson and Lisa Goddard and Lionel Blair. I hadn't had the same theme tune. Yes. As Green Chill. Yes. A children's TV yeah, show. Yeah, check it out. Same, you know, bang down. The, the one with the sausage, you know, the sausage. How could they get the away classic. with that? That's bizarre. I don't That's know. so lazy. I think that probably both, like, had what we call library music. Um, You'd have all these records with bits of generic music that you wouldn't oh, have to play, yeah. pay as much royalties for. But it is weird that, that is two so shows weird. have the same theme tune. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay, that's uh, That's it. That's, We've, we've ended up somewhere quite different to where we started there, didn't mm-hmm. we? We started on Breathlessness, ended up on Grange Hill. Um, what else do I have to tell you about? Oh, I've got time for this. Yeah, I think so. A friend of mine turned 40 last week. Mm-hmm. And I knew this was happening because another friend of mine had been asked by the soon-to-be birthday boy's partner mm-hmm. if she would make a video because he was collecting videos from people for this friend's 40th birthday. Okay. Guess who didn't get asked to send a video? Was it you? Yes. And also, I just want to point out, I've known this particular guy longer and I feel I've had far more interactions with him over the years. So what are you reading into here? Like, what's what's going on? That I think he should leave his partner. <laughs> because... He hasn't got a clear grasp mm. on his friendships and, yeah. and who matters and who doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I did? I'm, I'm desperate to know what you did. I sent a passive-aggressive video. A, pa- a passive-aggressive video? Well, I sent him a video wishing him a happy birthday. Oh, an, an un- yeah, unsolicited. Asked, unsolicited yeah. one, yeah. Not to his partner. That would have been really very passive aggressive, aggressive even for me, but I sent one anyway. <laughs> But she might have like put them into some like weave them into some beautiful medley of doesn't matter. You, mine's a standalone. Mine's a standalone. Fine. Mine's a standalone. If Fine. somebody wants to be part of a medley, yeah. good for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm a little featurette. Okay, okay. Why wouldn't he ask me? It is weird. I mean, I'm not very good at making birthday videos. 
I'm sure no one is. Like, who is good at making a birthday video? I don't know. Do you not feel that if you got one off, say, The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, it'd be pretty good? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so, no. No, you don't no, think Dwayne don't The Rock Johnson? So. I don't know. It doesn't seem the type to be good at that kind of thing. What about, okay, what about um, Bobby Devereaux? No, I just Do know. a few impersonations? Mm, okay, maybe. Um... I feel that we could very easily degenerate him to me just naming people in Is this you. petering out? Shall I cough? Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> oh, excuse me. Excuse me. All right. Time for contributions from the Drifters. Annabelle has just asked me if she can say a particular <laughs> profanity. I've said yes. If you are listening with somebody who is maybe very young or very easily offended, the um, profanity in question rhymes with quick fit fitter. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's coming up shortly. And it's in this email from Liz. You've been asking for stories about a language mix up. And this happened to me 18 years ago and it still makes me cringe. But my husband still finds it hilarious and mentions it any time he can. A bit of background. I am an English native speaker and my husband is a French native speaker. When we met over 20 years ago, he spoke English reasonably well and I spoke zero French. Early on in our relationship, we found ourselves living in a French-speaking country and I decided I would at least make an effort to learn French. I might add it's taken me 20 long years, but I'm now fluent and live and work in French. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Back when I was a baby French learner, this horrible faux pas happened. Now, to understand this, you have to grasp a little bit of French. Don't worry, not complicated. The French word for puppy is chio. And the French slang word for toilet, like saying shitter or bog in English, is chiot. Ah. Chiot in French. I, th- I think that was unnecessary thinking about it. I think that would have been, we, we could have managed other euphemisms for toilet without, you know, I think in, into, in my opinion, in the context of this story, I think that... Oh, you know what's coming next? Yes, well. I okay, do think okay, that we do okay, need this okay. word. Okay. But uh, sorry if you have found that offensive. Chiot in French is not a nice word. Quite vulgar and offensive and definitely not a word you would use in polite company. For example, you would never ask in a restaurant, il est où la chiot? No, 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 no. You say, <laughs> les toilettes sont... But I digress. So my husband, at the time still boyfriend, and I were in a very fancy guest house outside Paris with some friends of his. These are very good friends of his, but it was the first time I'd met them. They are absolutely lovely people, but they are from a certain Parisian upper class that definitely does not use the word chiot. The guest house was on a small farm and on the other side of the garden was a small enclosed area with, you guessed it, some puppies playing around. I absolutely love dogs. So to me, this was fabulous. Puppies, amazing. My husband and his fancy friends, plus the guest house owners, walked into the garden as I yelled to my husband, like literally yelled in French, regardez les chiottes. I had yelled, look at the shitters. (laughs) Instead of saying chio, the correct word for puppy, everyone looked at me aghast. I looked back. What? What was wrong? I asked my husband, I think you mean shio, pronouncing the word for puppy correctly. Shiot is not the word you want to use. Everyone looked at me with absolute disdain of my misuse of the French language and then carried on with their conversation. I looked at the puppies, feeling the heat rise in my face and I just wanted to die. Thank God for dogs. They never judge, even French speaking ones. 
That's fantastic. Yes. And this one is from Anon. This happened almost four years ago and I've never told anyone out of embarrassment. At the time, I was working at an events manager near Heathrow Airport, where I was responsible for the running of a lot of corporate conferences. During December, this would often mean working through the night into the next morning when the space would have to be turned around from one Christmas party to the next. At the time, I lived in Ickenham. This was a 20-minute drive, but took significantly longer using public transport. Needless to say, I would normally drive, but would occasionally get the tube if going into London after work or if the length of my shift meant driving home wasn't a good idea. This was the case on this particular day as we were deep into Christmas party season and due to a few reasons, I'd ended up working a 21-hour shift. There were some delays, but i just managed to get on a tube at Heathrow before it left. There were a couple of people standing on the train, but as it started moving, the only seat in my carriage that was available was the priority seat meant for those less able to stand. As nobody was sat in this seat, I took it. After a couple of stops, an elderly man got on the train. I was extremely tired and didn't want to give up my seat, so I waited to see if the gentleman sitting opposite me, also in a priority seat, would give up his. After a few seconds, I decided I would be a true drifter and give up mine without a fuss. A few more stops went by and a woman who was clearly having issues moving got on the tube. I looked at the gentleman who was sitting opposite me to see if he would give up his seat this time, but he didn't. In a moment that will live with me until the day I die, I very angrily blurted out, can't you see this person clearly needs that seat more than you? A silence fell over the carriage. The man looked at me, looked at the woman and then back at me. He then bent down to pick up his bag and move. Success, I thought. He then reached past his bag to his trouser leg, pulling it up. He then reached to his other trouser leg and pulled up to show two prosthetic legs. Oh no, oh no, oh no. In my tired and bleary state, I had somehow not noticed the two crutches that were lent between him uh. and the metal pole next to him. It was at this point the siren noise played on the tube train to signify the doors were closing. I was now trapped. Uh. Of course, I did the only thing I could, suffer the excruciating few minutes to the next stop and then got off, pretending that was the end of my journey and waiting 20 minutes for the next train. (laughs) Thankfully, I moved jobs a couple of months later (laughs) and no longer relied on the tube. Send us your story, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle? Yes. How's it going on the Love Shack Substack? Oh, lovely, thank you. Yes, annabelleport.substack.com. Bit weird, quite normal. This week, it's all about restaurants. Oh. Also known as overthinking when eating out. <laughs> it's all the stressy things that I find about restaurants. So, How yeah. How are you getting that into one post? Yeah, I know. It is a bit long. I might have to cut it down. Maybe I'll do it in two parts. I think it'd be a good yeah. two-parter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so, um, so so that's happening on Substack. On the podcast, we have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. This is about how I think I'm quite normal when it comes to my dog until the moment I enter a field holding a dog contest and their madness descends. <laughs> So about six years ago, I became aware of a dog show very close to where I live. I'd seen a flyer and one category very much took my fancy, dog which looks most like owner. Mm. 
Because I do think Tom, my partner, looks a little bit like Rusty. Yes, yes, that's true. Or enough like Rusty to amuse me by entering this category. And this was very much purely for my own amusement. So I persuaded Tom to get dressed in a black T-shirt and black shorts. So he was the same colours as our black and tan dog. And we were actually pretty excited. I was extremely excited. And I was even more excited when we saw our competition for this category. There were eight dogs, but Tom 100% looked definitely most like his. We had this in the bag. And then he was beaten by three other owners, all children, looking nothing like their dogs, but they had oh. their face painted or did oh. that. They walked around on their hands and knees. So he got fourth place and they were just pandering to some kids in first, second and third. Now, I was pregnant at the time of this. And so I had it very much, I was going to say the back of my mind, I'm going to say the front of my mind. As soon as this fetus is old enough, we are coming back and we are taking our rightful first place. <laughs> Fast forward to now, where the fetus is five. And you know what? Kind of looks a little bit like Rusty. Like he's kind of got tan hair and skin. And when he's put in a black T-shirt and shorts, and when we've cut out a bit of paper and coloured it beige and sellotaped it to his T-shirt to mimic Rusty's tan belly and painted his nose black and painted on Hang whiskers. Hang on, no, no, say the bit with the sellotape again. What did I say? No, I want to I want to just be clear on what we're talking about Okay, here. so we cut out a bit of paper, yeah. coloured it in beige. What did you colour it in with? Uh, like a sort of gold pen. Okay, was Felt it neat colouring? No, no. Okay. No. And then we sell- and then you sellotaped sell- it sell- and the tape was visible. Yes. You taped it, did you tape it to your child's skin? No, to his black t-shirt. Okay. So it looked like that. Rusty's tan belly. Did it? Yeah, it did. And then we painted his nose black mm. and then we painted on some whiskers. Uh-huh. And he looked a lot like our dog. As you can see, we are very much in it to win it. And he's a kid, like we've got this. So we arrive early and because the most like own a bit isn't till the end, I decide to also enter an earlier category to get Rusty, Rusty ready for the big one. Like a sort of a dress rehearsal, mm-hmm. prepare him, sort of get used to the arena, etc. We go for best male. There are six dogs in this competition. They walk around in a circle. Tom does Best it. male feels like a big category. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the Oscars. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> So, because I was thinking about this, so, you know, a little category to warm up. Is it a bit like best sound? You know, when you get a song, a, a film that sweeps the board, yeah, yeah. you know, they'll get first um, best sound mixing mm. and then best makeup. Yeah, and then yeah. you build your way up to best male lead or best female lead or best picture. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you, you you went straight in for a big one. Well, it was the earlier one. And uh, I mean, for, for us, you have to understand the big one, the one we were going to win yes. was coming up. Yes. So this was okay. this was just a small thing. And we know like best male, like, you know, Rusty, I, you know, I love him, but you know. He's not the best dog. He's not the best dog. <laughs> he's the best dog to me. But empirically. But he's, but he's no crufts. Do you know no, what I mean? no. So, and is it that type of event? Not really, no. <laughs> so Tom walks around with him and then they line up and the judges come and meet the dogs. And then we wait to hear the results. They do it in reverse order, starting with sixth place. His name's not called. Fifth place, nothing. Fourth place, nothing. I'm starting to get, honestly, more excited than I've ever been about anything in my entire life. Third place, nothing. Second place, Rusty Scruff, never been prouder. Wow, he got second silver. Place, second place. And then I remember the second place is first loser. <laughs> and the biggie is coming up soon, the one we've been waiting for. So we somehow managed to get through the next hour of waiting. I feel like I've got some insight into what it's like being an Oscar nominee and when you first walk into the Dolby <laughs> Theatre. Like This is what it's feeling like. And then it's us. And guess what? There's only four dogs and owners entering. And they're all adults. It's three adults with their dogs and then my son and our dog. This is our year. Yes. 
So my son and Rusty go into the judging area. They do a perfect walk around together and then they line up. Everything's going great. And now they're going to announce the results. You ready? Your son bites someone. Your son <laughs> bites one of the judges. Fourth place. Rusty Scruff. Fourth what? place what? out of four last. A cute kid. Honestly. Because your kid is cute. He's a, he's, I mean, the fact I don't is he's know a kid. Much, he's a kid. I know. I just wonder how much you've detracted from it with this horrible piece of paper with scribbles <laughs> on it, sellotape to him. He's the only kid in this category. They let the kids win first, second and third place last time I was here. Yes. I'd use the black eyeshadow out of a Char- Charlotte Tilbury palette to use to do the nose. <laughs> Charlotte Tilbury! Tom, honestly, was this close to going to the judges and saying... Can you just break down for me what you mean by most like owner and your thought process were deciding the winner? Yes. I'm surprised Tom didn't lamp him. <laughs> but I was too busy thinking. I just to say lamp him. I know. I was too busy thinking, okay, so you don't do favouritism to kids anymore. It's going to be Tom again next year. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like it. <laughs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know, in a a podcast in these days, there's a lot of people who, according to them, are real truth tellers. They point out stuff in society that us sheep, we just go along with. (laughs) Right, yeah. I've got one of those. Oh, okay. I think I might become a truth teller by saying this. Ready for this? I am. I think more often than not, the bagging area is on the wrong side. The bagging area is on the wrong side. Yes. What the hell do you mean? The bagging area of what? The supermarket? Yeah, the automatic checkouts. Oh, oh, you want it the other way around? I want to pass from left to right. Oh. And do you not feel that more often than not you're passing from right to left and that's very... Yeah. Un- I mean, if you're left-handed... You're left-handed. Then- no, you're not left-handed. No, no, I just <laughs> seem left-handed. Oh, you said that earlier. You're yeah. not left-handed. Think about oh. it, though. A natural, a natural way to move something if you're right-handed. Yeah. And 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 I'm sorry, like I do feel like I'm not being very inclusive to the left-handed yeah. and the ambidextrous. Ambidextrous, do do what you will. You know, you got best of both worlds. But um, I feel like it's a very unnatural movement to move something from right to left into that bagging area. I don't like your truth. I don't like it. Tell me, give me the counter. The counter. The counter argument. I just, well, my counter argument is I just brainwashed. Did, I just did You've both. Been brainwashed. And I have been brainwashed into my muscle memory is very strong for the, what I'm calling the correct way. And when I do it the other way, it feels weird. I think it feels. It's like when people have got different scrolls on their laptops. Oh, the oh, worst. What? The worst. How dare they? What's wrong with those people? So wrong. But ours are different. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else can I tell you about? I've got a new rule with my wife. Mm-hmm. If we're in a cafe, I'm happy to order. Yeah. If it involves going up to the counter. Mm. Unless she wants decaf and then I'm not involving myself. Oh, come on. I'm a decaf person. No, it's embarrassing. It's an embarrassing embarrassing. thing to ask for. Shall I tell you what's embarrassing? Mm. Asking for a decaf coffee with 
like a plant-based meal. Because, oh, even worse. And, yeah. it's, and especially if I want mocha as well, that's basically just a hot chocolate and they hate me. Yeah, I know yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I do, I do get that because I'm embarrassed. Do you feel like so often you go into places and, and um, she'll say, oh, do you have decaf? And they look at like, no. Mm. Oh, we're, we're serious people here. No, it's embar- it is embarrassing. Yeah. So as soon as she says, we ask if they do decaf, I'll say, no, you have to go and do that. Okay. And is she accepting of that? Seems that to be going so far, so good. good. Okay. I had a situation the other day, we got painters at the moment, and um, I offered them a cup of tea, mm. only to realise we only had oat milk. Oh no, that's awful. Yeah. What did you do, pop to the shops? No, there, was, there wasn't time. Getting past them to get out of the house was um, just the paint in the front. Yeah, okay, was, yeah, it yeah. was just too much of a palaver. You'd have to get out the window or So something. I made, made it with the oat milk and said, look, I'm really oh, sorry. You, you just did it. You didn't even ask them first, is oat milk okay? No, because then, then I feel like I'm full. Here's what I think. What if they say, oh, no, you're all right then, mate? Then I'll feel embarrassed. Oh. Whereas if I just make it to them, they can pretend to be grateful and then not drink it. Like pour it into the soil or something. Oh, uh, okay, okay. If I think that's option. better. Okay. But, yeah, that was, uh, that was a bad moment. Mm. Telling them that we only had oat milk. Mm. Went out and bought a big old bottle of cow's milk <laughs> for the next you day. You need some UHT in the house for these kind of emergencies. You do. Yes, that's what it's there for. They're, um, like I said, the paint in the front since we've lived here, which is nine years, I think, been a red front door family. Mm-hmm. We're now a green front door family. How does that feel? Weird. I feel like it's, um, I don't know, it feels like I've gone into the witness protection program but given a new identity. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I never had a strong opinion about the colour of the front door, but Sarah really wanted a red front door. Oh. And then she's changed her mind. Did she choose the red? I didn't know that. I thought it was just red. What colour was it when you moved in? Green. No. Yes. So it moved back to what it was. Exactly, yeah. Oh, I think good times are coming now. I think now the door's got what it wants. It's going to let like lots of luck and stuff into the house. I don't know what I'm saying. Which which uh, which particular yeah. branch of superstition are you uh, referring to? There? Madness. That's what you could invent one. Yeah, I just did. <laughs> People are always inventing new superstitions. I just did. I just did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, yeah. So we're, let me we're know how it goes. Green front door family. Yeah. Yeah. Who are we even? <laughs> how will it change us? Uh, well, this is what I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah. Um. Now, the other thing is. Mm. I've written down the word age and then question mark next to it. Mm, what mean, could I possibly mean by that? Could I mean anything? Usually, I, I write notes in such a way that it will jog my memory, mm. but I have no idea why I wrote the word Did age. Did someone get your age wrong? Did someone? No, I don't think no. that happened. Did you get someone else's age wrong? Um, Did you forget your own age? I don't, I don't believe any of these things happened. Okay. I might have to ask you to do that coughing and wheezing thing again <coughs> together. There we go. Excuse me. <coughs> If it comes back to me, I'll uh, interrupt Quandary Corner and and let you know. Well, should we do Quandary Corner then, here in this very hot, problematic? I'm going to start with Teresa. This is actually rather long, but it's worth it. So sit back and relax. Some time back, I inherited my grandfather's house and moved into it. I thought it would be temporary, but I'm starting to think it won't be. Anyway, after I'd been there several years, my long-time neighbour, I mean, she'd been my grandparents' neighbour for decades, moved and family moved in. I was trying to adjust to this change, but finding it difficult as they were much noisier. 
one morning, I woke up to go to work. I worked at retail in a bookstore at the time and had to be at the store two hours before opening for the shelving shift. I walked out of my house and saw a strange car in my driveway. I blinked. I cleared my throat. I went back into the house. I came out again, but it hadn't disappeared, so I had to believe I wasn't hallucinating. I parked my car in the garage, so this strange car now made it impossible for me to get my car out of the garage and go to work. I live across the street from a police station, so I crossed over there and asked a policeman what exactly I could do about this. He asked if I knew whose car it was. I didn't. He ran the plates, which gave me a momentary feeling of being in a police drama and told me the general area the owner of the car lived. It rang no bells. He suggested I wait, as it was an ungodly hour, and then start knocking on doors and asking neighbours if they knew who owned it. Then he wrote a parking ticket and put it on the windshield. With no recourse, I called my boss, or thought I did, to my mortification I dialed the wrong number and woke some poor soul before the sun was up. She was not pleased. <laughs> I dialed again, explained what had happened and that I'd be in to work as soon as I could find out who was parked in my driveway. My boss sounded vaguely confused. I found out later that he didn't understand that my driveway was blocked and thought I was saying there was a strange car on my block and I couldn't leave until it left. <laughs> I waited impatiently, wondering when was a good time to start banging on doors. I was late for work. This justified it. But that wrong number made me worry about waking anyone else up. It's not a pleasant way to wake up with someone pounding on your door. What constitute a good time? About 7.20am, I couldn't wait any longer, so I knocked on my newest neighbour's door. As an aside, I don't usually talk this freely when confronted with a stranger and talking about such things, but the sitting around and waiting for sunlight made me not myself, that I could barely communicate, let alone be polite as I normally would have been. A woman answered the door and I began. Me. Hi, uh, there's a car parked in my driveway. Do you know whose it is? Her. Oh, that's my sister's car she's visiting. Me. Shocked silence for a moment and she didn't seem even remotely apologetic and was actually grinning while she said it. It also sounded a bit rehearsed. Well, she's got to move. I'm late for work. Her. Angrily. She's just getting up now. Me. I'm late for work. She has to move now. Her, whatever. What? She shut the door and I go back to my house even more angry and irritated than earlier. I think her sister must have heard the commotion because literally moments later she was out there moving her car. I ended up being over an hour late for work, time which of course I was not paid for. Since that time, that woman has moved and half a dozen other families have moved in and out. This is the weird bit. Every single one of them finds it necessary to park in my driveway at one point or another. Lately, I've been wondering if perhaps there's a newsletter passed from tenant to tenant. Welcome to a new home. Here's a list of nearby delivery restaurants, dry cleaners, local <laughs> grocery shops. Oh, and if you need an extra space to park, use the driveway of the house next door. I've left a letter in my most recent neighbour's mailbox explaining that I don't want them doing that, but they seem to feel if they park in such a way, there's still a narrow strip of dive driveway available that is close enough. Sometimes I have to do a 10-point turn just to get out of my own driveway. Oh, gosh. The driveways are literally next to each other and you can see where the property lines are, but there's no barrier or anything between them. If you park carefully, you can get two cars side by side in one driveway, almost. And that's when they've been thinking it's fine to overlap into my driveway since most of the car is on their own property with anywhere from 25 to 50% of the car being in mine. How do I keep people out of my driveway? Please help. This is terrible. I had no awareness shocking, of this. Shocking, shocking. Because I thought it was just like 
one bad apple or a family of bad apples. And you could ring up Channel 5 and say if they wanted to make a documentary about neighbours from hell Mm. and sort of hound them out and make them hate figures that way. Mm. But it seems... Have you checked the deeds? Is it your driveway? Oh, that would be worth checking. I mean, I suspect that... Yeah, I suspect that's all fine. Because... As a non-driver, I mean, I find this stuff difficult to navigate. But I think there is... So you, for example, mm. I feel very safe in a car with you. Thank you. I don't think you would consider yourself a good driver. No. I think, you know, having to get in or out of a tight spot mm. would fill you with anxiety. Terrible anxiety. I think that's completely reasonable, mm. especially on your own driveway. Yes. But then somebody who isn't that type of driver just looks at it and says... Oh, it's a fine. You could get a bus through oh, there. Oh God, I can't stand that. All right for you, not for me. Yeah. Mm. And this is there's a lack of empathy from the from the overconfident driver yeah. to the underconfident driver. I've got a feeling there's a few things that make me think that this is um, not in the UK. Uh huh. Because what people do in this country is they paint in big white letters on their garage door, "Do not park here." Yes. You see that a lot, don't you? Yeah, or people get cones. Cones. They take cones yes. off of the motorway and then put them on their own. Yes. And then and then whoever wants to park, they just moves them out of the way. Yes, That's what we yes. do here. It's like a bit of a song and dancing there. Because um, I was thinking maybe she could do that, right? Do the big sign on the garage door. Mm. But I've got a feeling it's not going to work. If she's no. already put a letter through and politely said it and they're still ignoring her, it just makes me quite angry. Couldn't you get some kind of vehicle that <laughs> excuse me, fills the whole driveway? Oh, why don't you just park on your own driveway but like straddle it? Like so Park badly on your own driveway yeah. so it's impossible for anybody else to do it. Give up your garage. Yes. Turn it into, I don't know, a library, your own library. You like books, I think. Yeah, or like when people have like a keg in there. Just a keg. I don't know, like a little bar and a keg homebrew. Oh, okay. Homebrew. Yeah, you can have a little home bar. Yeah. Yeah, or a library. Yeah. (laughs) Both. Home gym. Combine the no. no. Okay. Uh, Anything like that. I mean, a little cinema. I I think. um, Let's just stick with the library with a keg in it. Okay. So convert the garage into something that you're going to love, that's going to give you pleasure. In oh. the meantime, park your own car on your driveway in a way that means they've got no chance of, of getting onto yours. Because it doesn't sound like it's happening when you're not in. Yeah. It sounds like it's happening when you're in and then you're blocked in. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So like you're coming home to find them having done it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just park, just treat your own driveway like they treat it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know what some people do. You <laughs> Oh, have you seen these? I think they tend to get them to stop their car being stolen. But they're like, you drill a hole into the ground and then you get this pole that's like as long as maybe your forearm or maybe your whole arm. And then it can be locked upright so the car can't get in and out or you can put it down and then you can get in or out. And then you could install that and then they can't get out. I like this idea. Yes. You'll have to Google for more information on that. Sorry. I know the things you mean. Do you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe get one of those. It's like streets you can only drive at at certain times yeah. of day. There are these things that come up and down. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's that sorted. Yes, good suggestions there. Okay, and now we'll move on to Paul, who says, just wondering what the protocol is for rating customer satisfaction at a till. I was served by a really offhand and grumpy person in a shop yesterday and when up popped four faces on the service screen in front of me, one grumpy, unhappy with the service, to all the way to happy face, happy with the interaction. 
Now, an accurate rating of my experience would have been to pick the unhappy grumpy face. But because I'm a drifter and I was scared that she might see what I chose, I picked the smiley face just to please her. So what should we pick as drifters? The truthful one or the one which pleases the other person? I think I know the answer. My friend Alex Cossack says those things aren't connected to anything. They don't have anything. They don't do anything with the data. It's just a way of making you feel like you have some kind of say or control as a consumer, even though you don't. Yes. Yeah, because I mean, what is it connected to? I don't think it's like connected to some kind of survey with kind of software that kind of gives you a percentage of, for each person. You don't think there's some kind of idiotic firm taking money off some kind of other idiotic firm <laughs> and giving them <laughs> metrics by which they can like give depressing presentations to the staff oh, about uh, where they've done this quarter? Yeah. My view on these things yes. tends to be mm. Give them full marks. They might just be having a bad day. Yeah. And why? Like, no, but why some, some, some people in customer service shouldn't be in customer service. Mm. But I just don't like people wielding power like that. I think Paul knows this. Yeah. I think we all know that you just give them the best mark because you know what? Maybe it'll cheer them up for the next one yeah. if, they, if they do get the feedback. If, I would always If you one. think, here's, here's the thing you've got to ask yourself, Paul. If you think that that person should face disciplinary action or perhaps even lose their job this this goes across all these things like rated uber drivers and things mm. once their average drops beneath a certain point if you think that is a fair way for a company to treat its employees mm. based on that feedback yeah you knock yourself out with whatever mark you want to give if you think that there's something a bit dystopian about it don't and i know that i phrase that in such a way that it's a leading question and I, you can tell what my opinion is from it but I, I genuinely think you know different people will have a different opinion on that what would you say if i phrase it like this that the ones who get the highest score get um a bonus at the end of the month say it say it's connected to something so really the person getting that bonus should be the one who made the effort to be happy and smiley, right? But you're mm. taking away the possibility that them bonus getting that bonus because you're awarding the grumpy person. What if is that? Do we think that's what's happening? No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just do the happy one then. That's sorted. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner or a story of social awkwardness, do send it to us. The email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. You can also support us on Patreon if you enjoyed the podcast. Go on there, patreon.com stroke adrift and see the different uh, rewards and ways that we will thank you for thanking us with your loose change. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the back-in music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And if you take one thing from this week's podcast, it should be... Regardez les chiottes! Pardication time. There's a dog barking. I don't know if you can hear that on the podcast, but I think it's a 
It's a nice texture to have, isn't it? Mm. So it's quite a, a, a chesty dog. Sounds big, doesn't it? It does sound big. And there it goes. Yeah, very deep. Yeah. Mm. But these microphones are quite good, so I don't know if you'll hear it or not, in which case we just sound <laughs> like we're imagining a dog. Yeah. We're going to open this door and see if it... You must be able to hear that now. Is that nice for you, hearing a dog? Some people are quite irritated by, like, incessant barkings of dogs, but... I think it's nice, the dog making its presence felt. <laughs> what a lovely join way. in with the podcast. Nice way to see it. Uh, Lindsay Holmes says... Lindsay Holmes, dear Jeff and Annabelle, hello. 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 I'm very excited to finally be sending long overdue appreciation and thanks for the dose of social observance. It might even say healing dose of social observance. Stories and ponderings that make us all feel human and connected and that give us that little reassurance that we are not as crazy as some of those non-drifters out there would lead us to believe. That's a lovely thing to uh, to hear. Thank you. Very appreciate that. It's a noble work. It makes me feel like we're doing noble work. Noble's a good word, yeah. yeah. With Jeff's recent birthday and that same milestone looming in the distant horizon for me, it made me realise just how long you've both been part of my life. I first heard your show working in the lower rungs of a publishing company in New York City shortly after moving there from Colorado around 2006, when my office mate Jason and I would listen during afternoons, often spending more time listening, laughing and identifying with the stories while our work sat there patiently. Patiently waiting, in fact. Sorry, I'm reading this off my phone, which never goes great for me. There's also quite a lot of crossed out because it's very complimentary. And of course, we can't read that because it'd be very, very embarrassing. But I will be going back to this and reading all the compliments later. I, and, very, I very much enjoyed it. Thank and I'm, I'm really hoping that it does something for my self-esteem. Mm. Mm. I could do with it today. No. You just have days where you think, just a little bit go a long way. Yeah, every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, where was I up to? Patiently waiting. In uh, in those couple of years spent working there, you were as much part of the workday as anything else. That's so nice. That's lovely. We were like your colleagues, but inside yeah. your radio. We were like the team members. Did you get a bonus at Christmas? <laughs> if so, where was ours? <laughs> um, let's have a look. In the... see, uh, Oh, out of the two of us, I would like to claim I was the one who in inverted commas, discovered you. But I'm not sure how we came to find you on the internet dial. I'm just glad we did. I've since lost touch with that co-worker, but sometimes wonder if he still seeks you out to listen. Oh, hello. Oh, Jason. Hello. Jason. Are you there? Jason. Jace. It's Lindsay. You remember Lindsay? From the public. Remember Lindsay from Colorado? She came to the big city like a big hick, <laughs> but soon became a sophisticate in the world of publishing. Sounds like a rom-com waiting to happen, but I don't think, mm-hmm. think there's any implication there was any rom going on. No, no. But I'm sure there was com. Plenty of com. It was a workplace com. Mm. Um, let's carry on. In the years that follow, th- followed, sorry, through the Hometime Show and all of the reincarnations, it's nice to think of them as reincarnations, mm. like with Doctor Who, <laughs> uh, since I've been with you, from the classics of yesteryear, Oh, that one that we used to do where we get a drunk person. Person, say, uh, you're not going to 
Rise the Drunk versus Stone. Oh, wow, that felt weird doing that. And last night I dreamt to the wonderful soundtrack of Crockett's theme. What was that? I think we did on breakfast shows where we'd like get like weird lines from people's dreams. Oh, yes. And read them over Crockett's theme. God, I'd forgotten that one. Uh, To the newfound favourites of Quandary Corner and, yes, Mug Chat. Mug Chat, yes. Another point, another mark, another supporter Mm. for its eventual return. (laughs) Um, And I live in Pennsylvania. I'd like to go to Pennsylvania, I think. Would you, why? It's a good question. Why? I feel like there's a lot of history there. I don't know anything about it. I've been to Pennsylvania. I have been to Philadelphia for the Mummers Parade on New Year's Day. Some very good restaurants there. I mean, but uh, I'm, I'm imagining a more bucolic Pennsylvania. I don't know why. I could be wrong. Uh, I now live in Pennsylvania with my boyfriend, adrift by proximity. Who has come to love you as much as I do? Aww, that never happens. No. I love him. Love that guy. Yeah, might, is that a first? <laughs> it's not a first, but it's, it's a rare occurrence. <laughs> very rare. We know how that usually goes. We do. Well, all these years later, bringing you into our home is like welcoming old friends. Aww. I think we're nice house guests. Take our shoes off. Yep. Um, Don't go to the toilet in the night. No. I feel like I, I could easily nod off. I, do you like it if you ever got someone around and they feel comfortable enough to nod off on your sofa? Unless I'm talking to them at the time, mm. then I worry when mm. I know that I bored them too much. Yeah. Um, until now, I've been one of those listeners in the background. So weird, isn't it, to think, mm. to think that? All this time. Yeah. I'm so pleased that you let us know you're there. Yeah, yeah. It's but lovely. then if you if you are you, you know if you're like Lindsay was and you don't want to let us know you're there, that's fine as well. Yeah. But it's um, as I get older, I uh, I'm especially touched by that kind of thing, the long service. Yeah. I know I've said that many times, but it's nice. It's lovely. Makes you think that uh, what you've done has some merit or value to it. <laughs> when it's, Kept somebody company. Yeah. 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 You know, it's it's hard sometimes to justify these decades and <laughs> things like this, you know, help. Um, let's have a look. Quite an enjoy, but not participating to avoid any of the anxieties that come with stepping into the light. Yeah. But I realise I'd be remiss if I let all this time go by, greedily scarfing up every savoury morsel of your shows without taking the time to get in touch. That's so nice, yeah, especially when I think of some of the rubbish you've sat through from me. <laughs> I do. I just think I've been very inconsistent these past five years. Sometimes, you know, I think I've given a good account of myself. Other times I think, oh, I'm sorry. I should have just done what I did the other week where I held my hand up and said that I've got nothing. <laughs> I think you're very harsh on yourself. Um, so with that said, I would be honoured to find my place under the bulldog clip after all these years. And I'd like to, if I could, give this podication to you, Jeff and Annabelle, if that's allowed. It is allowed. It's not that often, but it's always lovely when it does. And it doesn't break any podication rules. I clumsily misplaced the handbook. (laughs) Well, I'm sure Annabelle's misplaced it many times. (laughs) Many thanks. Many, many times over. Mm. Proud drifter for life and grateful listener, Lindsay. It's lovely, really. Always welling up. I just, I didn't need to tell them. I thought, I thought I could have done a good job of concealing the fact. But what I don't like, here's what I don't like. When the thing that moves me is something to do with me. 
Oh, I see. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, I everything that moves me is to do with me. I but... think that's that's when you can be at your most open and vulnerable. I think that's 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 the that's the time to do it. I don't mind showing all this empathy, mm. but I don't like just showing how close to tears I am at all times about any anything to do with like kindness or loyalty in my own life. Or... Then do you feel like you've got to be uh, cold inside? And put up a... I just think it's like this stuff is just too close to the surface oh, with oh. me. Okay. Nobody wants that. Mm. I just I just well up too much. It's uncomfortable. Mm. But it really means a lot. And um you know, one day I'm I'm gonna have a good think about uh what it all means. <laughs> what does it all mean? I don't know. I, don't know. I just don't know. But what one day I will will have a good because it is um <sighs> here's what I've come to realise, I think. It's a relationship. It's two ways. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I feel for a long time, or early on, not for a long time actually. But yeah, you, know, you hope you do something people like. But you, 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 you're doing a thing. You're, you're barking down a mic, barking down a microphone mm-hmm. at them, and um, and then the stuff you get, we get brilliant stories back or contributions. Mm-hmm. So that then it feels transactional in some way. But as I get older, I realise no, that's not the you know the, that stuff is the icing. But the like the these relationships that go on for decades, it's two ways and it's really lovely. Yeah. This is pretentious old <laughs> this is pretentious old I feel like what you've done there is you've just shut up and sat there and let me embarrass myself. <laughs> I wasn't doing that. I wasn't. But I it wasn't. really you know, I can't get involved when you're gonna talk about emotions. No, I know. <laughs> but you could stop me. I guess <laughs> Do you remember we had a managing director at the radio station who said that to you once? You could stop him. <laughs> How? How? I, don't, I think that's what you say <laughs> at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. Excuse yeah. me. So, anyway, I don't know if any of that made any sense, but it is something I think about, and it's something I'll think about more. And uh, it's it's special to me. So, thank you for letting us know. But don't feel obliged if you want to just lurk in the background, or if you've just been here for five minutes and you'll be gone again in another five. That's all fine as well. Yeah. But you know, you do it for a long time, you start. You've got to find some meaning and stuff, don't you? That's, yeah. all, that's what we do. Look for meaning. Yeah. Even if it's not there, project it onto it. That dog's really going for it now. <laughs> Send me to wrap it up. Lindsay, thank you. It really means a lot to me, and I will uh, I'll read the full email without the uh, redactions that Annabelle has, uh, has made. So thank you so much for that. And if you would like a podication, email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com. 